What's up, everybody? Welcome to Cinema Trip Reviews. I am Wyatt, and today on the show, I'm going to be talking about Eli Roth's Thanksgiving. If you haven't already, make sure to like, share, and subscribe. Go check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Cinema Trip Reviews, and also wherever you get your podcasts, available everywhere. So yeah, after 16 long years, Eli Roth made the decision to finally make a feature-length film of Thanksgiving, his uh, trailer that debuted in front of the Grindhouse double feature all the 16 years ago, directed by Quentin Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez. We actually have reviews of Planet Terror and... Uh, Death Proof, directed by Quentin Tarantino. So go go back and check out those reviews. Those were really fun to do. And I, I really love that Grindhouse double feature. And of course, you know, one of the big draws was like those fake trailers that were in front of the double feature. And one was Thanksgiving, directed by Eli Roth. It also had like Werewolf Women of the SS, directed by like Rob Zombie. And there was one, I believe it was called Nope, and it was directed by Edgar Wright, who like did Shaun of the Dead and like the, the Cornetto trilogy. But yeah, Thanksgiving was easily one of the most memorable out of all those trailers that were in front of the Grindhouse double feature. And I mean, it was just that raw, gritty Grindhouse feel. It was dirty and like, of course, gore galore. You know, it was amazing. It was definitely the most memorable out of all those. And I mean, a lot of people have been clamoring for feature length movies of these trailers for years and years and years. Of course, we got a couple of them with Machete. I believe Machete was one of the trailers that was in there. Of course, Robert Rodriguez did a couple movies off of those. Uh, but a lot of people were kind of wondering if any of these were actually going to be made into feature films. Of course, 16 years later, Eli Roth decided to uh, make a full-length movie of Thanksgiving, and boy, it does not disappoint. And normally, whenever you're waiting this long for a movie or a sequel, normally, you know, expectations are a little too high, and, you know, it's kind of a swing and a miss. But with this one, I, it's exactly what everybody was kind of expecting, and it kind of exceeded expectations at certain points. And even, even though it's based off of like a kind of a grindhousey old school type of feel, it really brings you back to like a, a 90s or early 2000s type slasher movie where it's just a group of people trying to figure out who this killer is that is trying to take them out one by one. And I, I think story-wise, it was definitely very interesting. It, I mean, it could have easily just been a dude going around and slashing people on Thanksgiving, but they actually kind of went the extra mile and gave you a decent story along with it and it also had a lot of great creative kills and it also was a whodunit in the end you're guessing throughout the whole movie like who's the killer who could it possibly be i mean you obviously have your suspects but i would say probably until like the last 20 minutes of the movie you really don't know who it is i mean you have your suspicions but whenever it's finally revealed you're like oh it makes so much sense now like i i kind of get it like it was kind of in the back of my mind it might have been that person but of course, it, it, it makes perfect sense that it's this person. Like I mentioned, this movie is directed by Eli Roth. Now, I, I'm not a huge Eli Roth fan by any means. I do actually really like Cabin Fever. It's been a while since I've seen it, but that was one I actually watched a decent bit growing up. Hostel are okay movies. It's been a while since I checked those out. Probably even longer than, than Cabin Fever. And a lot of his other stuff is just very hit or miss with me. You know, I've just never been a huge Eli Roth fan. And man, after this one, after watching Thanksgiving, I think this is easily one of his best movies he's ever done. And as much as Eli Roth loves horror movies and loves making horror movies, it's a wonder why he hasn't really made a slasher like this. Because it seems like this is right up his alley. He knew exactly what he was doing. He knows just the right amount of cheese to put in this type of movie. Uh, I mean, some of the jokes are hit and miss, but I mean, this movie was actually pretty damn funny. And, you know, along with a lot of the great brutal kills and creative kills that are in this movie, it is genuinely funny at certain points. Yeah, there's some so there's some bad dialogue here and there, especially like I would say in the first 20 minutes or so of the movie, some of the dialogue is very kind of bad. But man, some of those jokes as you're going throughout the movie, 
it definitely got me to laugh pretty hard in the theater for this one. This movie does star Nell Vilaki. I think I'm saying her last name right. If not, I apologize. Has Patrick Dempsey, which it was kind of cool to see Patrick Dempsey in a horror movie. I, I believe the last one I remember seeing him in was I Scream 3, and it's been so damn long since I saw that one. And, of course, he's been a lot of, like, stuff I haven't seen, you know, like rom-coms. I think he was in even Grey's Anatomy or something at one point. Stuff I never really had an interest in. But, man, he was actually pretty good in this movie as well. You have Rick Hoffman. Uh, Tim Dillon, who's like a comedian, he plays a small part in this as well. Um, and you, you don't really have too many recognizable actors or actresses in this area. I mean, you got Gina Gershon, who was actually, you know, a sight for sore eyes. I haven't seen her in anything for a while. The one that sticks out for me is her role in Curb Your Enthusiasm, because I'm a big Curb Your Enthusiasm fan. It was pretty cool seeing her in there. I was like, oh, it's that lady. But unfortunately, she doesn't last long either. <laughs> but like I mentioned, this is a very kind of like 90s, early 2000s type slasher movie you have a group of kids who they know there's a killer coming after them they're trying to figure out who it is who's going to be the next victim and they're trying to piece together the story as it's going along and there is a pretty decent plot device in there you have this town that is in love with thanksgiving they go all out for it every single year they have a parade and everything they don't they're not even getting ready for christmas at this point this whole town is dressed up for thanksgiving and everything they have the john carver masks he was a very famous pilgrim from back in the day coming off the mayflower or whatever and they have like john carver masks they hand out for everybody every year and people are dressing up as pilgrims and they have these parades. This whole town fucking loves Thanksgiving, even more than Christmas, it seems like. But of course, on Thanksgiving, going into Black Friday, you have these Black Friday shopping sprees and everybody's fucking losing their minds and fighting each other and everything. You see it every year. There's usually one or two reports every year of somebody getting hurt or fights breaking out during Black Friday. And in this movie, it dials up to crazy levels. People are fighting. People are dying. There's pretty much kind of like a massacre in this Black Friday shopping spree in this this store that opens up for Black Friday. Everything that happens within this Black Friday massacre it involves these six kids that you're following throughout the whole movie. Cut to one year later because of the deaths that have happened, everybody's like protesting the store and the store owner and the store owner is the father of one of the main characters of the movie and that comes into play eventually. But the whole thing is because of these deaths and because of everything that happened a year previously, there's a killer that's going around taking out these kids one by one or a lot of the people that are involved in that massacre one year before. It's a really cool idea because they don't even know about these, this killer until they get tagged into a photo on Instagram and it's a Thanksgiving dinner table set up with place cards with everybody's name on them and as people get taken out one by one, these seats at the table start being filled up with you know with somebody's head or somebody's body, you know. It's a really fucking cool idea and they even have the place cards on there so they know that they're going to be next at some point. And I just thought that was a really cool plot device. It's like the killer's letting them know, yeah, I'm coming for you, bitch, one at a time, and you're going to be filling up my table at Thanksgiving. So the whole movie is just a whole whodunit. Like, who's the killer? Who's the one going around killing everybody? Who's going to be next? How are these kids going to figure out how to not get killed by this dude? And of course, the killer, that for anybody that's seen the trailers and the posters, it is wearing the John Carver mask, has the pilgrim outfit, has the axe and everything. It's a pretty cool idea. Idea. And it's definitely a killer I can see going forward as a franchise, a Thanksgiving franchise, or, you know, just utilizing that killer in some capacity in movies going forward. And I, th I think Eli Roth even said, like, if this 
does well. He would love to make more movies. And I mean, as long as you you kind of keep it exciting and keep it more original with each movie, I am all for seeing more John Carver and more Thanksgiving movies like this. But yeah, the rest of the movie is just these kids trying to figure out who this killer is and then trying to survive uh, from this killer. And then the police are helping them trying to figure out who the killer is as well. And they're doing their detective work. And that is led by Patrick Dempsey, who is like the sheriff of the town. And he's trying to figure out who the killer is and protect these kids. Um, now, there is kind of a side story with the main girl of the movie. She does have a boyfriend from the year previous who ended up disappearing because he ended up getting his arm broke. And I guess he was a baseball, he was like a pitcher on a baseball team. And he kind of went into hiding because he pretty much lost his career at that point. And she ends up dating this asshole. So, I mean, you have this side story of just like both these boyfriends just kind of being dicks to each other and her kind of stuck in the middle. It's not nearly as interesting as the rest of them, but the boyfriend plot points are kind of there to be like, uh, one of these guys could be the killer also. So you gotta, gotta keep your eye on them as well for kind of like a slightly cheesy grindhouse slasher movie. There's surprisingly a lot going on with it. And I think it makes it even more exciting. The dialogue is pretty funny as witty. There's a lot of humor in this movie, especially some of the stuff with the killer that you wouldn't really expect is super funny. I mean, one of the examples that you see in the trailer, he ends up putting this, this woman in an oven and pretty much roasting her like a turkey. And during this course, he like puts her in the oven then he turns around and he forgets and he puts like a uh, turkey thermometer inside of her so it pops whenever they're done. And I just, I, you know, that was just kind of the cherry on top. It was hilarious. But there is so much humor, whether with the kills or just with the kids themselves. There's a lot of humor sprinkled throughout and I, I think it, it hits most of the time. Yeah, there's some jokes and stuff that don't work, but I think more often than not, a lot of the jokes do hit. And I mean, they are damn funny. Another thing I really liked about this is they incorporated a lot of stuff from that original trailer 16 years ago, like a lot of the kills and a lot of the stuff that happened in that trailer, they incorporate in this movie, but they, they, they tweak it and change it just enough to kind of avert your expectations. Like, oh, I remember this scene. I remember that girl on the trampoline from the original trailer. I know what's going to happen. And then they kind of switch it up a little bit. They do something different with it. And you're like, oh man, you got me on that one. I wasn't expecting that. They they do that fairly often. They, they incorporate a lot of that stuff from that original trailer. And man, I just love the way they change it up. That way it's not the exact same. You you don't exactly know what you're getting. You know, I know I'm really hyping this movie up and I'm talking about how much I like it, but I mean, it does have its problems here and there and I'm going to be a little nitpicky here. I really think this movie could have been a little bit more gritty and I'm not talking about as far as content, but as far as the actual the look of the movie itself. The movie, of course, it does look like a lot of movies nowadays. It's very clean. It, it's very high quality. I really think they could have utilized some of like the grittiness and and kind of the filters they used way back when on the, the Grindhouse trailers and those movies itself. You could have used some of the film grain and some of like the burn marks and, you know, the film dirt that's on there. I think that would have really helped the movie kind of give you that grittiness and rawness that you were expecting, especially like from that original trailer. Maybe maybe they utilize that in some capacity on like the physical releases whenever it comes out, maybe like a, a different version, like the Grindhouse version of it where it looks dirty and gritty like you're going to see it at like a, a Grindhouse cinema or a, a drive-in back in the day. I think the look of the movie itself was just a little too clean for the content that's there and what it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be kind of like a Grindhouse movie. And I mean, of course you have the gore galore and you know, the crazy kills of the movie that that stick out and some of the most memorable parts of the movie. Um, but I think the look itself could have been a little bit grittier and dirty. And I think it would have matched the story and the, you know, the kills and everything else that was in the movie as well. 
Um, so maybe I'm, you know, I'm kind of holding out hope. Maybe they give you kind of a grindhouse version of it on the the physical release on the Blu-ray, but. Yeah, I'm not giving, I'm not holding out hope for that one. My main nitpick for the movie itself, though, other than just like the kind of the quality of the the look of it, um, was mainly with the third act itself. Um, you do have a part where the main girl is running from the killer and does get away, and then she ends up coming across like Patrick Dempsey is the sheriff, and and that kind of goes into the back half of the story where they're they're trying to figure out who the killer is. And the whole movie up to that point, I'm not gonna say it's like a slow burn or anything like that because it's it's very exciting throughout the whole thing but it kind of takes its time trying to find out who the killer is and going from one kill to the next and at the very end in that third act it really ramps up and it's going super fast like it feels like there was like 10 or 15 minutes that was cut out of the movie and it kind of just jumps to this spot and then you're off running through through the the third act of the movie for those who've seen it you may know what exactly what i'm talking about but it seems like it just ramps up and goes a little too fast at the end of the movie to kind of get it wrapped up i'm not sure if it was just some stuff that was cut out or if that's exactly how it was supposed to be but i feel like the pacing of the movie up to that point didn't match the last act it's like they really didn't know how to connect the final girl getting away to the very ending of the movie. So they just kind of threw it together and it just feels very rushed at the end. Um, I'm not sure if anybody else feels that way. It's just how I, you know, I perceived it. Cause I was like, wait a minute. Well, this is, this is going too fast. Why, why is this happening? How did this happen all of a sudden? It was like, I don't know. It just felt very rushed and that just kind of threw me off at the end, but I really didn't have too many nitpicks up to that point. Um, the only other thing I could think of is maybe you could have cut out a couple minutes from that opening, setting up these characters and the whole Black Friday ordeal and all, and all that. You maybe could have cut a couple minutes out of that. Um, it just kind of seemed like it was going on a little too long. Some of the jokes just weren't landing. A lot of the dialogue was just fucking cheesy too and just didn't really work for me. But really once that Black Friday ordeal starts happening that's when the movie really picks up and never lets off the gas throughout the rest of it um, and I, I had a great fucking time with this I mean the Black Friday thing it's it's not part of the slasher of the movie it's just all out fucking mayhem of people trying to get their stuff it is a really funny part of the movie but it's also really kind of sad in a way because this is exactly how it is on Black Friday of course I mean like I mentioned you hear news stories every single year about somebody getting hurt or maybe there's a death or something happening during Black Friday because people are just losing their minds for deals. And I mean, it's no different in this one. I mean, one of the funniest things that stands out to me is like people pushing their way through these doors and it breaks the glass and a dude gets pushed into the glass and his neck gets stabbed and he's just bleeding all over the place, holding his neck, but he still has time to go over and grab like a roaster and he's just trying to carry it as he's bleeding out and he ends up falling over dead and someone just comes up and steals it from him and just runs away. They don't care about the person just bleeding all over the ground dying. They just want that roaster. It's that shit that just is hilarious to me. And some of these kills are, are funny in their own way as well as kind of the set up or the kill itself and just kind of the over the top kills that are in this movie are just hilarious as well because it's some stuff that you would never really think of too um, or they just do it in the way you weren't expecting now I'm not going to go into super full spoilers or anything like that one because this movie just came out but because I'm, I'm also going to let people judge for themselves because uh, this is one that you definitely I recommend going to see in the movie theaters because it's, it's a great time and the movie theater I saw it in was was full of people and they were reacting to the movie as well. But yeah, I mean, I had a lot, I had a great time watching this. I mean, the, the score in it was actually pretty good. The the cinematography was really good. Like I mentioned, I think this is one of Eli Roth's best directed movies as far as like cinematography and the 
look of it. Even though I think it could have been a little grittier looking, I think it looked great for what it was. Eli Roth really outdid himself with this one. Like I mentioned, I think this is by far one of his best movies in his catalog as far as look and directing. You know, he's it, this movie is kind of the culmination of, of all these years of him directing. It's built up to this point, you know. I think going through all those movies and his filmography, he kind of learned exactly what he needed to do, and then he kind of put that forth into this one, and that kind of really made it a, a really good product and really stands out above everything else that he's done in his filmography. And and that, I mean that as far as everything, as far as like the, the directing, the look of it, the cinematography, and also the writing, I think, is a lot tighter and as as far as anything else that he's done as well i mean you do have a lot of the cheesiness in there i mean there's it kind of reaches like rob zombie levels of saying fuck as well or just swearing in general which i don't really have a problem with that but i know a lot of people do and i mean especially in there in the beginning like leading up to the black friday ordeal you have you know fuck this fuck you fuck that you know it is what it is. It was just a little too much, especially in that beginning. Uh, especially, and I mean, it is set in Boston, so everybody has like those Boston accents while they're talking, which kind of makes it funny to me because some of it is definitely forced more than others, and some people kind of lose their accents for a little bit, and then they start picking them back up while they're talking in later scenes. I don't know if it was purposely done like that, but I mean, it was funny to me, and it, and especially when people are swearing or cussing out each other with those Boston accents, it's just fucking hilarious to me. And I'm not going to go into the who the killer is of the movie because that's part of the fun of watching this is trying to figure out who the killer is yourself. You're trying to piece these clues or trying to maybe like sift through the dialogue for hints, you know. And I mean, my original thought who the killer was was wrong by the end of the movie. But about, I would say about maybe about three quarters of the way through the movie, you kind of have an inkling of who it is, but you, you're not exactly sure. But by the end of the movie, you're like, okay, I think it's this person. Of course, you do get that reveal and you're like, oh man, I should have saw that coming or I, I fucking knew it. I fucking knew it. And I mean, that's part of the fun of these whodunit type movies. And for those who follow the channel or follow me on Twitter, you know I'm not a huge fan of the Scream sequels. I do like the original, but the sequels are just kind of the same thing copy and paste it over and over and over again this movie does kind of feel like a scream movie in a way um i just i feel like this just keeps it super fresh and it has original ideas put into it to kind of keep you guessing throughout now if thanksgiving does go on to make multiple sequels and they start using some of the same characters it can go on a little too long and kind of go get half-baked kind of like the scream sequels are where it's just kind of a paint by numbers sort of thing um, but I, I feel like Eli Roth wouldn't really do that. I feel like Eli Roth is not going to be the type of dude that's going to make the same movie over and over and over again. At least I assume. <laughs> I don't know the dude, but I feel like he wouldn't do that. I feel like he would try to kind of try to implement some story beats to kind of keep it fresh through each movie. It's not going to be a copy and paste sort of thing like how it is with the Scream sequels. But I mean, I'm getting way too ahead of myself. We don't really know what the box office numbers look like or if the movie was super successful to even get a sequel at this point. I'm just kind of spitballing at this point. But, you know, I, I am really looking forward to seeing if there is a sequel for this because I will be there on day one to check it out. Um, especially if it's anything like this original one. And I cannot recommend this movie enough for anybody that's a fan of just slashers or whodunits in general. This was a hell of a lot of fun going to the theater and see, and especially with a movie theater full of people that was interacting with it along the way. It was a great fucking time, and I highly recommend going to check this movie out. It was a lot of fun, and man, 
those kills in this movie do get fucking brutal and they are a great time. I'm not going to say that they're they're anywhere near as like mean spirit as like terrifier or anything like that. But it's, it's a lot of creative kills and a lot of blood and gore in this one. And it's it's a fucking great time. It's a lot of stuff that you're not going to see coming as well. Um, there are there are a couple jump scares in there here and there a couple of them I saw coming one I didn't see coming that definitely got me though um but I wouldn't really say this movie is scary by any means it's not super scary there's there's some tension in it here and there um but it's really more of just a fun slasher reminiscent of like the the 90s and 2000 slasher movies. I mean, there's definitely a hint of like the 80s B movie grindhouse type stuff in there as well. Um, but man, it is a hell of a lot of fun and I cannot recommend this movie enough. Definitely go check it out in theaters if you can. So that is a review for this week. Make sure to like, share, and subscribe. Go check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Cinema Trip Reviews. And also wherever you get your podcast, drop in and leave us a good review there as well. And the review that's coming for next week will be the fourth episode of Heroes of Our Time with me and Vernon. We are going to be talking about Flash Gordon, I believe it was from 1981 or 1982. That's the first time I've ever seen the movie, so it's going to be awesome to go in and dive in and kind of dissect that one for what it is. And the fourth episode of Heroes of Our Time, because it's been a while since we've done one of those, so we had to get back and, and release another one for everybody before we get into our Christmas season here throughout December with our Christmas reviews. So be on the lookout for those as well. But that is a review for this week. Make sure to like, share, and subscribe. Check us out on social medias and wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll see everybody next week. 